0: school starts isn't that great Calvary Christian Academy will convene for its fourth year fifth year we've had four years already for its fifth year and it is a distinct honor to be able to work with young people Uh, I was just so amazed when the quizzers were up here Thursday evening and to think as good as those kids were that they actually got beaten by another team. Eau Claire's had an outstanding team now for two or three years. When Eau Claire went to the Nationals last year it was my understanding that they did not answer one question because the team that they Challenge there was so good. Now, there are a lot, a lot of young people in this Pentecostal movement that know the Scripture. And that's not to take away from what our kids did. I think they did an outstanding job. Outstanding. They started two and a half months late. They started. However, with excellent leadership, and Brother Hicks, he pushed them, he drilled them, Hallelujah. he challenged them, and they came in second in the state, which was a surprise to everyone but us. <clears throat> Praise God. I'd like you take your Bibles and turn to Galatians, the fourth chapter. I just talked to my dad before service. A lot of people have been asking me about him. As you know, he was in the MD Anderson Hospital for cobalt treatments. He doesn't have any pain at this present time. He was getting ready to go to church. He told me that it was 97 degrees in Texas, and that was under the recent cool front that had blown in. Last Sunday, the KGRI radio station recorded 107. So, thank the Lord for delivering me from the heat. Praise God. Brother Washburn slipped in the prayer room, and I don't know who did it, but they, they had one of the Henderson papers. I'm from Henderson, Texas, by the way. Uh... I do write Southern. I don't talk Southern so much. My wife writes it and talks it. But he slipped down and he and, and put on my Bible there a Henderson paper. Well I opened it up, I didn't realize it was a Henderson paper. Just a special delivery for Brother Grant. So I thought there was some article and I, I looked through it. Henderson has a little tiny paper. My my mother when I was down there last time, she said, Sons, you read the paper. I said, Read it. I memorized it. <laughs> It's real small, but it was just good to good to open up the paper and from my hometown. I do get homesick. I really do get homesick at times, and I especially wish that you would just remember to pray uh, in, for for my dad. My dad is not in good health, and when something like this happens, uh, naturally, you know, your mind goes back to your father and. Uh, to everything that he's done for you. I'm going to make some references to my dad in the message tonight. And this is the reason why that I had to pick up the phone and call him for service because I'm preaching from Galatians 4 verse 6. But my dad has meant so very much to me. He's been a real dad. He's been a father. Uh, he's been a real friend. been a real pal to me great source of strength and encouragement. My dad and I are just about the same size. I'm about uh, an inch taller than my dad. We wear the same size suit, the same size shoes. And would you believe that when I was 20 years old, And I weighed far less than what I do now. We were the same size then. I kind of grew up in a hurry. When I was 14, I was 5 foot 10 inches tall. And I weighed 139. Now, at that time, the reason why I know I got my driver's license when I was 14 So I will have had my driver's license real soon now for 30 years. But uh, I weighed 139. When I became 15, I was the same size as my dad. And my dad and I have worn the same clothes, would you believe, since I was 15. So every now and then I get something I don't like and I give it to him or he gets something he doesn't like and he gives it to me. And we have swapped shoes many times and different uh, coats and things. Uh, when I got 30, I started gaining weight. My dad started gaining weight. And, uh, of course, I actually started before I was 30, but I'm talking about really started, you know, really. <laughs> and, uh, and now we're still the same size. I don't know, it just kind of worked out that way. But uh, I really do appreciate this man. And because that I am preaching on the subject Abba Father, I have had my mind on my dad as that relationship relates to God. All day long, in fact for a good number of days. So Galatians 4 verse 6, Paul addresses the church at Galatia. And because your are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now the word Abba is not translated here. The word Father is, is translated. The original said Abba, Abba. Now, Abba is a Greek word that's taken from the Chaldean word, Father. And so the scripture for clarification tonight could be translated correctly. And God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts crying, Father, Father. Praise God. And you may be seated. There is a similar verse found in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. So if you'd turn there with me. Romans, the 8th chapter. And if you will look at verse 15. Well, let's let's read verse 14 because it's speaking of sonship. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Father, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirits, That we are the children of God. I was thinking recently about the Lord's Prayer. And when you look at the Lord's Prayer that's found in Matthew 6, you will find that there are certain things that the Lord was stressing when He was teaching us to pray. In the 6th chapter, starting with verse 8, Jesus said, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Now we are his children, and he was actually saying that, that uh, just as a father would take care of his children... God knows your own needs. Now there're not too many children who are in the household that would come up to to a dad or a mother and say I need a new shirt without the father or mother knowing that there is a need for a new shirt. Because parents usually this is the case they know the need of those children. Even though the children may ask, they, they already recognize the need. If you are a good father, you carefully examine. That is, in the, especially in the younger years of your child's life, they examine their shoes and their clothing and everything. You want them to dress properly, you want the shoes to be uh, of the right fit and such. And you know even though the child has not asked, you know that there is a need. Now Jesus then said after this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, there are a lot of people that are addressing the Lord as Father. You hear you hear this Being read. I I wonder, however, if people, when they talk of the Lord in the sense of Father, if they really understand what that type or what that relationship is all about. Because when I read my Bible about children and parents, especially sons and fathers, I understand that there's a relationship there That is just, it's just understood by God that that's the way it ought to be, even though there are some commandments there. See, Jesus said, now if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, the truth of the matter is, when a child is in the home of the Father, he has no other alternative but to keep the commandments. Because the scripture tells us that we should obey our father and our mother. There are a lot of people that that they don't care one thing about the word of the Lord, and they're always praying these million dollar prayers, you know, our father, this type stuff, you know. Now I'm not saying you shouldn't address him as being father, but I'm saying there's a lot of people who claim kin to him. From a spiritual sense. They are not kin to him. They are from a sense of which I spoke to you this morning. Because all of us are the offspring of God. We are the offspring of God. That is what the Bible tells us. So as far as our life is concerned, and the general makeup, God is the father of all living. But as far as a spiritual relationship is concerned, it's just a lot of people talking talking about God the Father, and, and He's not really their Father. Now, He may be their God, but He's not their Father. Do you follow what I'm saying? And the reason why that He's not their Father is because they do not do the works of Him. See, Jesus said in John the 8th chapter, verse 39... When the Pharisees claimed to be the children of Abraham, Jesus said, no, you're not the children of Abraham. He said, if you were the children of Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. But Jesus told them in John eight forty four, He said, ye are the children of the devil. Why? Because you do the works of iniquity. You do the works of the devil. And that is conclusive evidence that you are the children of the devil. So if you claim Abraham to be your father, then he said, why don't you have faith like Abraham? Why don't you have integrity like Abraham? Why don't you try to live the kind of life like Abraham lived? There is not a striking resemblance, the Lord was saying, of you and Abraham. Of course, Abraham was their father from a physical sense. But uh, he's not their father, Jesus said, from a spiritual sense, because you just don't do his work. See? And so all of us are really the children of God, but from a spiritual sense, we feel quite often very little sense of duty and kinship to the Lord in this area of, of of him and a father-son relationship. That's what he's dealing with. I don't know if it ever occurred to you or not, but you see, when we talk about Isaac, Isaac was the son of Abraham. And Abraham in the Bible is a shadow or type of God. God as Father. Isaac was the miracle son. And Jesus Christ is the miracle son of the New Testament. So Isaac is a type of Jesus Christ. Now when Isaac... Was placed upon the altar to be used as a sacrifice. Isaac was not just a strapling of a young man, like some people think. If you will study very carefully, you will find that Isaac, no doubt, was in his late twenties or possibly thirty years of age. And I've heard a lot of preaching, and I'm not I'm not trying to, to, to belittle the preaching. Uh, i think that it's all right to use your imagination to a degree but i've heard a lot of, of people say well you know here this old man abraham who was a hundred years old when he was when isaac was born now at this time he was probably around 130 and uh, they tell stories about how he tried to trap him and and and, and get him to to somehow uh, fall to uh, some beguilement and and put him up on the altar. Uh, I don't really think it happened that way. I believe that, that Abraham told his son, now you're to be the sacrifice, get on the altar. And the reason why is because the Bible tells us in the New Testament... You see, they didn't take Jesus' life. He gave his life. And he yielded to the death upon the cross, the Bible says. He became willing to do this. And the reason why that Isaac was willing to do this at his father's command is because the relationship that this man had with his son. Now, in our American culture, we certainly don't have a relationship with, Anywhere near that. And in fact in our American culture it's hard to find a relationship between a father and a son that is a biblical relationship. You know we've got to understand one thing. America was born with one thing in mind and that is that this will be a country where we will be free. However... So many people do not understand that religious freedom is not as they might assume. It doesn't mean just do your own thing the way you want to do it. But religious freedom, as proclaimed in the Bible, is strict adherence to the principles of the Bible. See, Jesus said, of whom the Son has set free, he is Free indeed. So the American culture and lifestyle, which is a conglomerate of so many different cultures of the world, diametrically opposes the lifestyle of the Bible. You've got to understand that. This is the reason why that that, uh, a, a man like Abraham can say, Son, God sent me up here to use you as a sacrifice. And he he had that type of influence over that boy. If that is what I understand about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross, Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane became willing to lay his life down nobody could take it from him there was no power on earth that was strong enough to take it from him and you know I, I get to thinking about uh, this type of relationship and, and I look at the relationship that i've I've had with my dad through the years now my dad my, my dad was he, he's a type of man he likes to have a good time but when it's all over with, Uh, You know, you don't say much to him. You might go up to dad just after he just had a a real blast with you and just cut up and all of this. And he may be in a serious vein. You may go up and say something funny. He may just look at you and say, "Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not in a funny mood. I'd rather you not even pick on me like this now. And he means it. Just uh, that's the way he is. He is considered by some people as being real peculiar. (laughs) <laughs> now, I happen to be one that considers him that way, not uh, not in not in, a, in a sense of uh, of disrespect, but uh, in, in a real sense of respect. When he's in a mood like that, uh, I just don't bother him. I just plain don't bother him. But uh, my dad, uh, he spent so much time with me and did so many things with me, and was such a such a great man. But I remember a few times in which I felt that I just didn't didn't much want to do what he told me to do. I remember one time we lived in a real small house right outside of Henderson, Texas, and and we we were raising chickens. Chickens are the nastiest creatures on the face of the earth. I don't know if you've ever raised any chickens before, but we had hundreds of chickens, and, and my job was to take and slaughter these chickens. Well, I have literally wrung the necks off of thousands of chickens. You're probably looking at the champion chicken killer of the world when you see me. Ida says she's killed more chickens than I have. <clears throat> wow, well, you're talking about killing chickens. I mean, we raised them really by the hundreds, and uh, you you just start wringing chicken necks, and you wring them, 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 and you ring them. Then after you do that, you dip them in this boiling water. Do we have any city slickers here that's never dressed a chicken? All right. <clears throat> Look at this. Well, first place, they call it dressing one. Really, it's undressing him. <laughs> <laughs> You 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 get this boiling water and you, you you know, you really get it hot and you dip this chicken in it two or three times and then you you test the feathers and they they have to slip out easily and so I get this big gunny sack, we call them toe sacks down in Texas, and we just fill it up with these scalded chickens. And then you just pick all these feathers out. Man, I picked chickens like you wouldn't wouldn't believe. And uh, so one day I was uh, picking chickens. Now uh, when we came to the table, one thing that my dad required, okay? when it come time to eat, you always washed your hands, you combed your hair, you cleaned out your fingernails. You never hummed at the table. you never sang at the table. you don't come with gum and you use real good table manners, okay? Well, this day I was so tired, I had other things to do besides clean chickens, and I just decided that I didn't want to clean up and come to the table. So I came to the table, my hair wasn't combed, my face and hands were not washed, and I remember he just looked at me and said, "Uh, Are you ready to eat? And I said, Yes, sir. And you always addressed him as Sir, yes, sir? He said, Well, I, I think not. And I said, Well, what's wrong with me? And he said, You don't have your hair combed, you don't have your hands washed. Well, I'd washed my hands, but my nails were all dirty. And so he said, So go wash. And I you know, in a real smart like tone, I under my breath, I mumble this. I'm good enough to clean your chickens, but not good enough to eat at your table. And and I'm here to tell you, (coughs) wow, I didn't believe that he heard me, but he just turned around so fast with his arm extended out like this, and I was on this end of the table, and I ended up against the wall. I mean plastered there, plastered there. But you, and when I got up, listen, I was headed toward the back porch. We didn't have a bathroom in the house, and we had a wash bench on the back porch, so we washed our hands out there. I was headed toward the back porch, and I got cleaned up for the meal. Now, I point that out for a reason. You see, my dad, whether he was right or wrong, he was the head of the household. And the reason why that I say a lot of people in, in direct defiance of God's principles and laws, they pray these beautiful prayers, our Father which art in heaven. He's not their Father because they will not listen to his principles or his laws. See? And whether you agree that God is right or God is wrong, and I hear a lot of people that disagree with God. Now, I never heard that before, but I'm hearing that now. A lot, who gives God the right for this? And who gives God the right? Well, he's God. That's who gives him the right. You see, I could have argued with my dad all I want to, but my dad, my, that was my dad's house. See? My dad set the rules there. If he let me set the rules, it would have been chaotic for sure. See? We would have had a terrible mess in the household if I'd have set the rules. But this is the way it is. And you see, God has established the rule for heaven and earth. This is God's earth we live on. He is the Father of all living. And while a lot of people are praying, My Father, He's not their Father from the sense of doing his works and being his children. While my dad was very stern, very strict, I will say that he he did show a whole lot of love to me by bestowing upon me so many, many good things. I have just for keepsakes in in the drawer at home a watch. The watch still runs. Now it's stopped now because I, I intentionally stopped it. It does not have a crystal on it. And I took the hands so that when the second hand comes around, I pushed it down so when it hits the other hands it stops. Now, the stem in in it is broken off so I can't wind it up. And that's the reason why I wanted to stop it. I didn't want it to wind down. But my dad, when I was a little bitty kid, he worked hours and hours and hours and hours. Out in West Texas, pulling cotton. Listen, that's a terrible job if you've ever done that. Just to buy us kids a good Christmas gift. And he bought us all a watch. So I still have that watch, and and I hope I have it for many, many, many years. I've had it since I was a little kid. I wore that watch until probably, well, after I moved to Madison here. And I broke the hand off of it, or the the uh, the wine stem, and so I I just bent it so that it would it would stop running. I didn't want it to wind down. But uh, it has meant so much for me, to me. Now God always takes care of our needs, but you know He gives us a whole lot of things we don't really need, but just good things in life, just because He likes to make us happy. Now I needed a watch. When I was a little kid. I lived by the calendar. Not by the watch. I I never even knew what day it was hardly. You know I just knew when Sunday came. And when Monday came. And I had to miss I think Monday and Tuesday. uh, Almost of every school week. Because we did some farming. And also we had wash day on Tuesday. And I had to draw all the water from the well. And get all of the we had a big wash pot and we got this hot water boiling and put all these old dirty clothes in them and we used homemade soap anybody here ever made any soap Sister Luke have you ever made soap Sister Luke has and Vela said she has did you raise your hand Veda? you have made soap Felix has made soap how come you ever made soap Felix <laughs> she used to make lye soap Okay, Sister Miller. Oh, you have lice. did you make it? All right. Isn't that something? But uh, we had to get to, we had to get it all together and everything. You know, as hard as things were, my, here my dad goes and gets this nice watch for me. I didn't need that watch, but it has meant so much to me. And you know what? I think that I'm just going to put this in. I think any of you who have been blessed of God to possess things right now that you really don't need, but just that are in excess of what you need. You need to take care of them, and you need to love them. And don't let those things go to your head as as uh, if maybe through some good works of yourself that they, those things have come about. That is not true. That is not true. You know, the Bible says, not by works of righteousness lest we should boast. You know, I, I thought, I thought this afternoon of that scripture, and I didn't plan on mentioning it today, but, but tonight. But, but I know of a man who was such a great man of God, such a great man of God. And he did so many great things, and then in his latter years he failed God. And uh, I was thinking about his influence and the things that he has done and the investment in the kingdom of God. And, and you see, this man will never be able to stand before God and say, but look at all the good things I did, Lord. You've got to know it's not by works of righteousness. It's through our faith in God. If our faith ever fails us, friend, we've cut off the line that leads to salvation. Those good things the Bible says will not be remembered. Praise God. And, and, and the most that we can say when we stand before God, if... If I understand the Bible correctly, when the awards are given out, you know, He could bring me an award with many, many stars in that crown. He could He could do the same for you. But all of us would have to stand there and say, Look, you know, really, I'm, I'm not here, Lord, because of anything that, that that you have honored me for. But I'm here because of you. Because you made it possible. You kept me in the fold. Praise God! Oh, hallelujah! It's just so good to have a, a, a father-son relationship. I'm here because God put me in this body. I, none of us are responsible for our our fidelity or membership. Maybe I should say to Calvary Gospel Church in the sense of being born into this. Brother Andy mentioned his son. Thank God for the delivery of this son. Nine pounds and one ounce. It's a big kid, isn't it? When I was born, I weighed ten pounds even. So people ask me sometimes about how much I weigh and all this. I said, now look, don't be asking such personal questions. I will tell you this. I got off to a good start. I weighed ten pounds when I was born. My mother weighed only two pounds when she was born. Can you believe that? Two pounds. Two pounds. When my mother was one year old, my grandmother made a, an apron, not an apron, a bonnet just to fit her fist. And it was too big for my mother. Now, when we look at life, and, and we look at so many variances of life, and so many different sizes and shapes and personalities and everything. You know what really makes this so beautiful though? You see... Little Andrew, who was born to Anthony's, or to Andy's household, really, Andrew did, here he is. He had nothing to do with this. You know, ever now in young people, they say, well, I don't know why I was ever born. And I've even had young people say, I had nothing to do with this. Well, naturally not. You, you, mean, you know, you've heard of people talking to themselves, and you heard of people talking to the brick wall. You know, you can't talk to nothing, so you can't ask if you want to be born, if you want to be conceived, you can't ask that. But you see, the beauty of all of it is, it, 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 it takes the decision-making process out of the kingdom of God. You know, just as little Andrew had nothing to do with who his parents would be, we're all here, and, and God put us here. All of a sudden, you know, just look back and just name off some of the recent ones. Here's Paul Crawford sitting here. It's pretty new in the kingdom of God. Did the Lord tell me, now go walking down the street someplace and look for Paul Crawford? Did he do that? Did he tell Brother Rossing that, who's probably responsible for this man being here? No. This just didn't happen that way, see? Just all of a sudden... He is invited to church, he comes, the Lord gets inside of his heart, and he's born of water, he's born of spirit, and the Lord just kind of delivers him and says, Here he is, he's your brother. Love him, take care of him. Same was true with Sister Diane who recently came in. You know, just uh, all of a sudden, here she is. Born of water and born of spirit. The Lord says, now she's your sister. You don't have a choice in this. Just love her. Take care of her. So when we when we look at it, you know, what do, who are we the most to brag about what we're involved in? From the standpoint of us making it. Oh, listen, it's God that made it possible. He is the Father of all. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. Now, <clears throat> I just want to talk to you uh, about the new birth tonight. I think that this is this is uh, just the vein that God would like for me to get in. So, if you'll turn to Acts, the second chapter. Acts the second chapter is probably the most read chapter of the whole Bible. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared in them clothing tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now the word other tongues is found in the Bible. Also the word unknown tongues is found in the Bible. Now, other tongues can be an unknown tongue. An unknown tongue is always other tongues. In the sense here, uh, the there were people that recognized That they were speaking a a language that they didn't understand, but they, that is, those who spoke didn't understand it, but those who heard understood. So the word other tongues is used here. In other places in the Bible, unknown tongue is used because it was unknown to anybody who was there. Now, I personally think if you you look at Romans 8 and also Galatians 4, it's talking about an entrance into the body of Christ or into the family of God in which we thoroughly recognize our relationship with our Father. It's putting ourselves under subjection to Him and realizing that we were begotten of Him. While all the world, in a physical sense, is begotten of God, in a spiritual sense they're not, because they obey the works of darkness or the works of iniquity. In Romans 6... The new birth is explained and what happens as we put the body of sin under. In Romans 7 you will find that there is a warfare that is going on. It is talking about the rule of flesh, the outer crust, the tabernacle that houses the true being, the self or the soul and the spirit of man. In Romans 8... It's dealing with the inner man and how the inner man has control over the crust or the shell or the tabernacle or the flesh or the body. And when you read Romans 8, you will find that in Romans 8, that the Apostle Paul is, he starts out by saying this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. If you read Romans 7 and stop, all of us would live under constant condemnation. Because who among us doesn't have problems with the flesh on occasion? But you see, as this brother stood tonight... And he said, I thank the Lord that has given me power over my flesh. Now some of you may sit here and cringe in embarrassment when somebody says something like this. But don't sit on the pew tonight and say, Well, I thank the Lord I never have problems with my flesh because if you do, I know what category I can put you in and be safe. Because every man that has ever walked upon the face of the earth, has problems with the flesh. That's the purpose of fasting in the Bible. You see, prayer moves God. Fasting moves you. Praise God. And we have to get the flesh out of the way. If we don't win over the flesh, we'll never win over the devil. If we can't conquer our appetites in a fleshly sense, we'll never be able to conquer Satan and the forces of hell. But if somehow we can keep the body under every day, as Paul says, put it under subjection, put it down, by allowing the man that's inside of us, the true self, to rule over the flesh, then we can truly say with Paul, There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Of course then he says who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life is Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh praise God. Now. Now. As you go on and read, he talks about the carnal mind. He talks about the spiritual mind. Then in verse 8, he says, So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, we're all in the flesh. How many of you left your bodies at home? See, we all brought our bodies around. Every place I go, I have to take this body with me. So he was not saying they that walk in the flesh are they that are in the flesh in the sense in which I'm speaking now. But he's he's, he's talking about the people who constantly stay in a carnal state of mind. Constantly stay in a carnal state of mind. And there are some people that it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference. What happens, they always interpret carnally. What's best for them and what's for the betterment of their livelihood and everything. There's some people that seem to never get a grip on spiritual thinking. If you never get a grip on spiritual thinking, I can go so far as to say, I do not believe you can be saved. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Now if you look at verse verse 10, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, he goes on to say, and I read this repeating it, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear you know the the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ that put you under the New Testament law has actually delivered you from the law of sin and death did you know that there are there is great liberty in the liberty in the law of God he said now you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Now, it appears to me that what he's saying here is that when you receive the Holy Ghost, your spirit inside of you
1: made intercession with God. And it cried out for the first time in all of your life in recognition of Him
0: as the true Father of all of your livelihood. Praise God. Praise God. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 that no man can call Him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Now, I've heard a lot of people say, well, that's simply saying if you can say Lord, Lord, you've got to have the Holy Ghost because you can't say it without the Holy Ghost. That's not what he's saying. He says this, the only way that it's recognized by God, when you say, Lord, Lord, is to put him in a
1: position in which he's really Lord. And you can't do that unless you're filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise
0: God. So no man can really call him Lord except by the Holy Ghost. You see, some people will go before Him and say, "Lord, Lord," and they will not enter therein. The Bible says, but God only recognizes that particular position when you personally recognize it in your own life and in your own heart. Now, if you will turn to Romans eight chapter verse twenty six. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh it intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that cannot be uttered as far as I can see. Uh, I, I'm not a Greek scholar so I have a, a strong concordance and some other helps. But as far as I can see what this scripture is saying, the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be articulated. Or words that you can't understand. And that seems to be what Paul was speaking of here. In the 15th verse of Romans 8 and in Galatians 4 verse 6 that for the first time when the
1: Holy Ghost flooded your soul in a language which you didn't understand inside of you when you were made new or born again, that your spirit and your soul cried out to God, Father! Father! Why? Because you see your soul and your spirit had been set free from the bondage of sin and iniquity. And for the first time, it was free as a bird from a cage. Praise God. Oh, Father, 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 Father. Inside, there was a voice that was ringing out to God in true recognition. He set us free. He made us all
0: that we are. Praise God. Oh, listen, I know when the Lord filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I still remember it so very, 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 very well. I remember when I went down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, had my sins remitted. Oh, I felt so clean inside. I then went down to the altar, April 15th, 1961, on a Sunday morning, and I began to pray. Listen, I remember praying at that altar before when my heart wasn't clean. I remember the preacher preaching when my heart was filled with sin. I remember how I used to think these poor people here, they go to church on Sunday morning, they go on Sunday night. We had a Tuesday night service and a Thursday night service, a Friday night youth service. Just church, 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 church. These poor people... This preacher just churches them to death. And I I remember sitting by I'd 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 rather be anything in the world than to be an apostolic. Just church, 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 church. And I I just remember how I looked at it all. And there were certain people in that church that I just, I couldn't stand. I had so many bitter feelings inside of me. You you see, Jesus Christ explained that when he was here. He said, out of the mouth proceedeth he goes on to talk about the flood of sin and iniquity that comes out of the, the mouth of, of an individual. And then I remember when the preacher preached and God really did get a hold of my heart and I had my sins remitted. And I remember when I came down to the altar that morning, the people who prayed with me seemed to be so precious to me. Isn't it strange that just in a matter of days you can change your mind about things? The things that you used to hate now you love. The things that were were so contrary and seemed to be so distant, and and things that you you know you personally detested. Now you just wish that somehow you could just do it more and more and more. Praise God! And I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember people praying around me. I remember when I got up, I I knelt down so long on that Sunday morning my feet went to sleep. I got up and I could hardly walk and I remember all of a sudden this warm feeling that came upon me like a wind. It started at the top of my head and went all the way to the soles to my feet. All of a sudden I lifted my hands and I began to speak in a language I would never heard before in all of my life. This unknown tongue just began to flow and flow and flow and flow. If you don't think I was set free, friend... I wish somehow I could take all of you back to that little church building there on Industrial Drive in Henderson, Texas. Listen, I ran around, I leaped, I danced in the Spirit, I shouted for joy,
1: I was beside myself. Why? Because I felt inside, inside of me. For the first time, I was free,
0: set free, set free. Oh, brother... Shaver, your testimony tonight was so beautiful when you said, I thank God that He set me free
1: from confusion. It was just like the Lord had taken a gigantic key and opened the door and said, Now, John, you can come out. You can be what you always wanted to be. You can be set free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for the first time, I felt like I rushed out the door. And lifted up my hands inside. This is the way I felt. And I cried out, Father, Father, you've set me free.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord again. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah Uh, now Paul goes on to say in verse 16 the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God we are the children of God now why are we the children of God because we do the works of God we are born of his spirit and if children that heirs Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him. That we may also be glorified together. Do you know how you get to heaven? Do you know why you get to heaven? You don't get to heaven because of all the good things you do. Now I'm not ruling out good works because if if you are... His child, you're going to do what he does. That's why they were called Christians in the Bible, by the way, because they acted like Jesus. Christian means to be Christ like. But if I know the scripture correctly, heaven is not a place that you earn, it's a place that you inherit. My dad, knowing he was in bad health, several years ago made a will. And of course he made me the executor of the will. I'm his only son. And he has in you know, a small safe in his house his will. And when he passes away, everything that he has is left in my care. Now I have four sisters all of whom will receive a share of this, and of course the Church of God on the face of the earth will get the biggest share. It's nothing but right. My dad, knowing that he had deteriorated somewhat in health even more when he was here the last time, we sat down and we had a long talk, and he left on a sheet of paper for me all of his insurance policies who he paid him to, and so forth and so on. And I filed this away. There was such a close relationship with him. And I remember my dad looking at me and said, Son, I don't have much. But I don't know that I'll be around very long. But because you're my son... what I have enjoyed for so long can be yours. It's yours. And you know, that's the same way it will be when we get to heaven. Jesus Christ has been in the holy city 2,000 years making a mansion for me and you. And Jesus is going to say, Son, what I have enjoyed For all these years because you suffered and bore my name. I give it to you. You can have it. You can inherit. Praise God. I'm not ruling out doing good and acting right. You know that. But at the most that we can say that all of us are really unprofitable servants from the standpoint of we didn't really do anything to deserve all of this. We had really no choice in it. Even when we are wretched and miserable, we didn't choose Him. He chose us. I don't know why God saved me. But walking the streets at night, driving down some of the lonely, lonely roads that I drove down, God was out seeking for me. I don't know why. I just. I read a little thing in Ann Landers about four years ago. And they were talking about longevity. And you know, in some families, it seems like all the family members live for a long, long time. Other families, they just kind of die Early. My great-grandfather, or my grandfather, pardon me, on my dad's side, died in 1923. My dad is 68 years old now. So my dad has outlived his dad for several years as far as their comparison of chronological chronological age. But Ann Landers called attention to the... Readers of her column and I'm not a fan of Ann Landers I very rarely read it I don't know why I was reading it this time but in one family that she mentioned I think the youngest one in that family to die was 94 years old and so the question was raised what's the secret to a long life And Ann Linder said, the secret is, you've got to choose the right parents. Well, I didn't have much of a choice and neither do you. But I got to thinking about eternal life. You know, the secret to you and I living forever and ever and ever is because that we have the right parent because he had no beginning of years nor ending and because he had me the secret to longevity in the kingdom of God is having for a parent he Who is first and last? He who is Alpha and Omega. He who always was, is right now, and always will be. And the secret to a bright tomorrow in eternity is to be his son and inherit what is his. Praise God. Would you stand with me at this time? Oh, God. Hallelujah. You know, this business about speaking with other tongues and receiving the Holy Ghost, the Bible tells us the new birth is being born of water and of spirit. It's the barrel of the old man, the old nature in water, just as Jesus Christ died. And it's receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of Christ inside of you. Praise God. You You know, to me, that's just so simple. And to me, you know, it's just hard for me to, to realize why why some people just, well, I don't know if I want to do that or not. I just, I guess, I guess maybe I've been for so long removed from the world that it's hard for me to transpose my mind back and think the way that I used to think. But I, I can assure you that, that, uh, Really, this is such a simple thing. You wonder why the preachers beg people to, to be saved. You wonder why they'd even have to make an appeal. You, th- you think people would be knocking on the church door saying, Hey, I really do want to be set free. Uh, they knock on the doors of the psychiatrist because they're confused. Uh, I, I, I've never had a psychiatrist to knock on my door and say, you know, I'm just trying to to drum up a little business. And I thought maybe that that you might have a need. Never, never had a doctor to come around and knock on my door and say, could I examine you? I, I just felt like maybe that while I was in the area, somebody in this area might have a need. People just you know, they line up, you call your doctor, you can't get in just any time unless it's an emergency. See? I wonder why is it that we understand all of our needs except one? And that's our spiritual need. Which is the most important need that we have. You know that. You know, you know that. And knowing that there are so many mixed up, confused individuals. Why is it that even in an altar call we have to just extend and extend and call and call and call? It is that way, though. Praise God. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you to be seated. Would you do that? And I'd like for every head to be bowed and every eye closed and Sister Thorpe is going to come and sing and sing She did not sing in our regular service and she was scheduled to sing. Now, as she's singing, if you feel that you need to pray, I want you to get right up and come down here and kneel. On either side of the pulpit, there's a place for you to kneel and pray and seek the Lord. You know, the truth of the matter is, I'm sure I preach better sermons. I preach some with more conviction, but I don't know How? I just don't really know how. And if I did know how, I would do it. To make a better appeal for you to give your heart to God tonight, then just let God do it. I don't know of a better way. And if you feel that God is really tugging at your heart, and you feel that you want to give your heart to Him, you want to be His child so that you can really cry out, Father, Father. And know that you can inherit all of His riches. Why don't you just step right out then and come and kneel on either side of the pulpit and surrender your heart to the Lord. Now you don't worry about what you're going to do when you get up here because we have Christian workers that would be glad to step out with you. Some are coming already. Some of you come on down here and pray. Would you do that? Pray with these who are praying. Sister Carolyn, would you come?
2: When your heart is aching, turn to Jesus. He's the dearest friend that you can know. You will find Him standing close beside you. to bestow our take them all to Jesus, go to him today, do it now with understands what the trouble and he waits to heal your
0: good number of people praying down at front and we'd like for more of you to come and gather around these praise God there's a great move of the Lord in this place right now and perhaps I'm speaking directly to someone who'd like to come on now don't hesitate just get right up and come right down here and surrender you all to the Lord would you do that right now praise God and more of you come and pray with these Praise God. Some of you come and pray here with with Jane. Some of you sisters come over here and pray with her. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Find someone to pray with. If you see somebody that needs encouragement, go to them and pray with them. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, God is so great.
3: Jesus God is so